coming up on today's episode of the Money Pants Superpower Hour. A former dean at Stanford University wrote a blog titled Adult Skills Every 18-Year-Old Should Have. We took the idea and ran with it. We came up with about 40 skills every kid should have before they leave home. And we're going to talk about how money pants can help. We'll discuss some of the best resources for teaching etiquette, hygiene, basic computer skills, as well as the most effective way to teach your child to read, write, and communicate. All this and more, but first, the joke of the day. A cruise ship passes by a remote island, and all the passengers see a bearded man running around and waving his arms wildly. Captain, one of the passengers, asks, Who is that man over there? I have no idea, the captain says, but he goes nuts every year when we pass him. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Money Pants Superpower Hour. We are your hosts, Hannah and Fontaine Judd, and we're the proud parents of eight sons and seven daughters, ranging in age from newborn to college student. We're both BYU graduates and the creators of Money Pants. Head on over to CaptainMoneyPants.com to learn more about what we do and what we're all about. We believe every person on this planet has been given at least one superpower to help them accomplish their unique mission in life. But the only way to unlock those superpowers is through work ethic. That's when greatness happens. And that's where Money Pants comes in. Money Pants is the complete tool set for cultivating work ethic in all aspects of a person's life. And today's topic is from an article I read many years ago called Adult Skills Every 18-Year-Old Should Have. And it was written by uh, the former dean of Stanford University and who, of course, you know, she saw her fair share of incoming students who were really ill-prepared for college life and being on their own. And so she kind of wrote down like some of her observations of these are the things that I noticed kids really need. These are the basic things kids need to to survive when they get out on their own. And and I, I thought it's she kind had kind of a unique experience, yeah, you know, a working unique perspective. On, yeah, yeah, working someplace where you have kids leaving home for the first time and kind of seeing how they're how how kids are faring once they're off on their own. Exactly. And so she had a, I thought a unique perspective and and some really insightful ideas. And we're actually going we're going to quote some of the things that she said, but basically what we did is we we took her list and kind of expanded it to be like, these are the skills we think every kid should have before they leave home. And of course, it's the job of the parents to teach these things. But yeah, she only listed what, like eight? I or... think she had eight. Yeah. And we, yeah, have, yeah so... we have something like 40. Yeah. <laughs> but so. but the, I think these are all really good. And these are things <laughs> I hope my kids learn. These are skills that I want my kids to have. And I think they're universal. That's what we're kind of going for here is like a universal list of things that every kid should have in their skill set before they leave home. And some of them are really simple, but some of them are like, oh, I didn't think of that. The problem, though, is that we notice a lot of people give a lot of advice. And even this lady, this Stanford dean, was giving advice, but she didn't give any practical tools on how to do it. Like, she's like, well, they need to do have this skill and this skill and this skill, but she didn't say, how do you develop that? Like, how do you know how to work? Or how do you know how to balance a budget or whatever? She didn't, she didn't say she just said they need to have these skills, not how to get these skills. And yeah, that's, granted, we didn't read her book. It might say oh, maybe, that in yeah, her book. Maybe it's but, in her book. But in the blog we read, it was just, yeah, they should know these things. Right. And so, so. we're not about giving advice. We are, we're about 
practical application of, of correct principles. You know, I, I said, like, if you're, if you look, if you're looking for advice, go look up one of these advice columns, dear Abby or Ann Landers, or go read your horoscope. You know, if that's what you're after, there's plenty of advice out there. That's not what we're about. Money pants, we're about the practical application of, of principles, but also being efficient with your time and limited resources and limited energy. And so we don't give advice, we give tools and, and, and oh, ideas on how to, that's our how to objective. get. Yeah. It's like, okay, we've made this mistake, don't do that. We've done this and it works really well. And this is what we did and this is you know what the results were. We try to keep it that way. We we may every once in a while cross the cross the line, we, we, but yeah, we, we try. We're trying. We're trying to, to just, always come from a place of experience. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think it's one of our strong suits, Hannah. Is I don't I don't like giving advice. It's not my thing. I can, but I can tell you, boy, I can speak to experience on a lot of topics. Yeah. Because I've raised a lot of kids. I'm still raising. Yeah, well, uh, a lot and, of kids. And, and that's just it. It's like I've often thought, like when we're making these podcasts, I'm like, okay. We're trying to share our experiences of what worked, what didn't work. But in, in case it's not abundantly clear, we're still learning. <laughs> you know, we've learned a lot, but we're still, it's still a process for us as well. So, you know, we may may find better ways in the future or, you know, and if well, we do, we'll share them. Well, that's and, the neat thing, Hannah, is because we, we already have kids who've left home, but we also have really young children, we are constantly learning and refining and getting, and people give us new ideas all the time and we try them out. Now, some of them we don't have to try out because we were like, oh, we already did that. We know that doesn't work. Whereas other things we'll try out and we'll be like, oh, wow, that's better. More often though, unfortunately it's no, that didn't work. It sounded like a good idea. We tried it well, out. Yeah. And Every once yeah. in a while, something sounds like a really clever idea and we'll try it out. And Sometimes it doesn't, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work how we anticipated that it would work. And we've shared that in a couple of blogs, like experiments that we did. Like we tried doing digital money, for example. Yeah. And it was an absolute flop. It was an absolute failure. But it it seems like it'd be a great idea. we wanted it to work. We wanted it to work so badly and it just didn't. And we tried for over a year trying to make that work, and it just did not work. Can you think of any other things that we've tried, though, that were flops? Yeah, I'd rather not share. (laughs) (laughs) We've tried a lot of things that were flops. Well, yeah, we had listened to one parenting thing once that kind of had extreme ideas. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, kind of had extreme ideas. One of the ideas was if your children don't make their bed, here's a great idea. Take it away. That'll teach them. And we and realized that was that kind of style. Uh, it just led to power struggles, and it wasn't. And it didn't teach the. I, it, I, didn't, it, it didn't. It didn't teach help. the lessons you you were hoping. It just caused resentment. Not yeah, because it was extreme. Um, oh, it wasn't like oh, thanks, mom and dad. I, I understand now. Ha ha! That was a great lesson. Instead, it was just resentment. Yeah, there are better ways and, to yeah. teach that lesson. There, yeah. So so we've tried some stupid ideas, like some ideas out that. Another Just idea the, we never tried, though, because we'd already tried the take the bed away thing. Another idea we tried was, or that we didn't try, but we heard was, oh, if your children don't take their clothes and put them away, if they leave their dirty clothes on the floor, just n- nail gun your kids clothes to the floor. And they'll spend hours prying the nails out of their clothes. And, and I'm like, no, let's we're not, not going to do that. Do that. That's horrible. Yeah. That, so Anyway, 
So some of our ideas, you know, we've, we've tried, they didn't work. But most of, most of the time when we, when we share these ideas and these thoughts and these suggestions, it's coming from a place of experience where, yeah, we've tried it. And typically we try to only share the things that we know worked. Yeah. And, and we also are keenly aware that sometimes like people will have advice of, hey, do it this way. And it works for the majority of kids, but there's always that one or two that, you know, it doesn't work for, you know. So we try to give uh, advice that you can apply to almost any child. Well, we try to keep it universal. Yeah. Because we do have those kids who do push the boundaries. We have quite a variety of personalities. Yeah. And so when we try out these ideas, yeah, if you have one or two kids, it may work for both of your kids. But when you have as many children as we have, we realize pretty quickly, oh, that would work for these three kids, but it won't work for these others. Yeah, yeah. And so when we when we when we give these ideas, we're like, this works ideally, this works for everybody. As a matter of fact, we've even had parents come to us who have autistic children, of which we don't have any. And they've told Not us yet. how Yeah, but it, you know, if we do it, the, the neat thing is hopefully and ideally. It would work because these are correct principles that we're, we're trying really hard to expound on and, and give correct principles that are kind of universal in their application. Yeah, but we're not doctors. We're just experienced, though. We have something we have something we're coming from a unique perspective in that we have a lot of experiences Mm-hmm. We're both from large families. You and I come from very different families, very, different, very backgrounds. different background experiences. And we've had the experience of raising so many different children, different personalities from the time they're little. And we're still in the midst of it. You know, right. we still have teenagers. We still have infants and toddlers and everything in between. And so it's all fresh on our minds. So it, it's a kind of a different perspective than having people talk about, you know, theories and and studies that have been done versus or, or ideas of how it should be mm-hmm. versus somebody going, OK, I tried this and I tried it for, you know, years or it, it, it's the experience. And one time we listened to a, a parenting advice that was kind of similar to Money Pants and it was just frustrating because it was all theory and mm-hmm. there wasn't any practical way to apply it. Right. And so so it was actually very difficult to take the theories and actually go, okay, well, how do you actually do that? And so that's that's where listening to Money Pants comes in handy is, okay, all right, let's take a practical, very, very practical view on this. I think that's what it's handled. How is it done? It's practical. How do you go about that? I I like, well, I like to think it's practical. Yeah, I hope it's practical. Well, and again, we're we're (laughs) we're coming from a place of limited time, limited energy, limited resources, and we're trying to maximize those. So anyway, having said all of that, and having read this article by this former dean of Stanford University and kind of taken all of her ideas and kind of meshed them into one and then expanded on them, we... These are, this is the list. And I think we have like 40. Yeah. And let's just go ahead and read the list. 40 basic skills every kid should have before they leave home. And and so here we go. And these are in no particular order. These are just kind of, we we just rattle them off. It's not like the most important is first and the least important is last. It's just the, well, except the most important is first. But after that, it's in no specific order. But here we go. 
number one, work ethic. Number two, money management. Number three, how to save, shop, and spend. Number four, how to do taxes and how taxes work and all that. Number five, how to invest or start an investment account how, or how interest works. Number six, how to deal with failure. Number seven, how to apply for a job and, and how to handle themselves during an interview. Uh, number nine, uh, how to research, how to check things out, you know, like uh, how to get background on, on topics or other people or, or product reviews, like how to, how to research something. Uh, number 10, how to do their laundry. <laughs> Got some funny stories about that. Uh, number 11, how to cook. Boy, wouldn't that be a critical thing to, to know before you leave home. Uh, number 12, how to run a home. You know, how, how to make sure you're safe, uh, how, to, how to clean it. Uh, or even simple things like how to swap a light bulb or clean a toilet. Uh, number 13, how to, uh, every kid should know before they leave home how to clean up after themselves. And that is a, unfortunately, that's a almost like a, a, a lost art of simply cleaning up after yourself. Uh, number 14, uh, how to take care of yourself with personal hygiene. Number 15, time management. Number 16, <laughs> how to go to bed. That sounds funny. I love that one, but it, that's, a, that's a skill, is how to go to bed, how to put yourself to bed at a decent hour and wake up at a decent hour and have that self-control. Number 17, how to dress and carry yourself. Number 18, how to do your hair, whether you're a guy or a girl, and whether you're giving yourself a haircut as a guy or styling your own hair as a girl or vice versa, that's something you need to know because believe it or not, People judge you based on how your hair looks. Like, th think about it for a second. Imagine somebody with a horrible haircut or a hairstyle, and what did you think? And now imagine somebody who's done their hair really nice, and how, how does that change your perspective of them? Um, number 19, uh, the number 19 skill that your kids should have before they leave home, social skills and etiquette. Number 20, dating skills and etiquette. Uh, number 21, internet and phone skills and etiquette as well as safety. Number 22, problem solving when it comes to relationships, how to handle interpersonal problems. Number 23, how to get answers to prayers and how to recognize God's influence and direction. Boy, that's a big one. Number 24, how to take notes and how to develop good study habits. Number 25, uh, computer skills. I remember, and I will get into this later, but I remember at, years ago it, at, at a work party, they were asking the owner, they, they brought in a bunch of high school kids and to tour the place and they asked the owner, hey, what's the number one skill You know, we, we need to, to make it big in the industry? And he goes, learn to type. And they were all so disappointed because no one wanted to know how to type. But that was it. He's like, you got to know how to type. Uh, number 26, how to read, write, and communicate. Boy. Communication, that is key. Uh, number 27, government. Understanding how the government works, like how to vote, how to get information, uh, uh, what, what's a town meeting, how to contact your local, local representation, like on a local, national, even on, on a global level. Like how, how does all this stuff work and how to, how to affect change? Yeah, number 28, transportation, how to get around, how to ride a bike or drive a car or use public transportation or a Lyft or an Uber. And also like, what to do when plans go wrong and dealing with travel snafus and other transportation-related uh, things. Because like we were saying earlier, we, we kind of do everything for our kids and they don't know how to 
get around. Uh, number 29, automobile maintenance or bicycle maintenance or motorcycle maintenance, whatever it is that you're using for transportation, how do you maintain it? Uh, number 30, every adult child should know how to swim. Uh, number 31, how to react and deal with emergencies, whether it's you know CPR, Heimlich, uh, dealing with burns or bleeds or, or uh, suicide or uh, an active shooter, uh, where's the most, where's the local hospital, how to get there, uh, what to do with, during a tornado or an earthquake or a hurricane or a flood or a fire, you know. How to call 911. How, how, to, how to call 911. <laughs> Surprisingly, that you, you're, you're going to laugh. You're like, you call 911. I heard somebody one time ask, what's the number for 911? No joke. They asked what the number was for 911. Oh my goodness. So, they never learn these things. Um, but also, like how, to, like how to turn off the, the water main in your house if there's a plumbing leak or how to turn off the gas main if there's, if there's a gas leak. These are good things that may save your life. Um, number 32, the kids should know basic survival skills. You know, it may just be something as simple as watching Bear Grylls, but I'm talking like, you know, they need to know camping, hiking, and how to make a fire. Like, these are... These are like Neanderthal skills, but these are things that are kind of lost in our society today. Uh, number 33, every child that leaves our home, Hannah, I hope they will have learned some sort of basic self-defense. And then 34, how to relax and maintain balance in their lives. Number 35, how to discover, develop, and cultivate their personal superpowers. And we talk about that a lot. Uh, number 36, um, they need to know how to develop a talent or hobby, which helps them relax, you know, develop some sort of sport or a physical activity. You know, maybe it's dance or tennis. It doesn't matter, but something that helps them relax and to maintain that balance in their lives. But it's also a physical activity. Uh, no, number 37, basic leadership, where they have the opportunity to lead something. They need that skill. Even if it's not, even if it's not finely, uh, 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 keenly refined, how to be in charge but of something. how to be in charge of something, and then number thirty-eight, how to teach or lead a discussion. Wait a minute, you only have thirty-eight on your list. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna have to change. It's, it's not. It's not forty. It was. I, t- I said it was close. Yeah, oh, I said okay. it was close. Maybe I did say it was forty, but it's only thirty-eight. So there, there we go. There, there's the thirty-eight different. Like I think those are basic skills every kid should have before they leave home just those things if hannah if our kids if each one of my kids leaves home leaves home with these basics i'll be happy i'll be like okay i did my best as as a parent i tried i i i got at least some of these things instilled into my children you know if i get more than that hey great but these are like i feel like these are like the the foundation for them to be successful in life, but also not to be like completely lost when they get out on their own. Because again, going back to this former dean of Stanford University, she <laughs> she saw these chill, poor children who were totally lost. I remember, well, there's, there's the comic where there's a guy, uh, a graduate student who first day on the job and he gets handed the mop and he complains to his boss. He says, with the mop in hand, he's like, what are you doing? I'm a graduate student. And the, and the boss goes, oh, I didn't realize that. Here, let me show you how to use it. <laughs> Where the idea is that these kids are getting all this education, but they don't have any practical skills, like any like 
valuable, you can apply them today skills. And and it's kind of frustrating where, um, employ- and I've heard employers complain about this too, where they, the employees don't want to work and don't know how to work and don't know how to use the computer and don't don't know don't know these basic things that you kind of expect your employees to know. Right. Well, you know, and part of my interest in this was the fact that I was a really good student all growing up and I was a hard worker, but there were uh, gaps in my education as far as like I I knew how to clean bathrooms I knew how to cut up fruits and vegetables but I had never cooked the main uh, you know meat I had never I had never mopped a floor I had never ever done my own laundry ever mm. and so I got to college and I immediately ruined all my clothing now this is you had a full ride academic scholarship. You weren't yes, dumb. Yes, I wasn't dumb, but I you just felt but, dumb. But here's the thing: there were these gaps, and we call this domestic education. Yeah. There were these gaps in your domestic yeah. education that so, weren't being taught in school. Yeah. So and and even like for example, I had always had a bank account go- growing up, mm-hmm. but. When I went to college, I signed up for a, a bank account and I accidentally signed up for an overdraft, mm-hmm. like having an overdraft. And so I didn't know that every time I went over my amount, they were putting $100 into my account. And years later, I was shocked and mortified to find out. And I found out at the worst possible time. I found out right after I got married and was dirt poor, I found out that I had $500 of debt um, to my bank. That was and, the wedding present. And yeah, my hey, husband sweetie, guess was what? like, what a dowry. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. A, a um, negative dowry. Yeah. We're but, giving you our daughter with debt. <laughs> I didn't know how to get myself places. And quite frankly, I wasn't even good at driving a car. Because I, I had gotten my license so late that at one point, my husband informed me that, oh, when you park on the opposite side of the road, you can't do that. <laughs> can't. I'd be driving along, I'd see a parking lot, a parking space on the opposite side of the road, and i just drive over there and park there facing backwards. <laughs> and, uh, facing I'm, oncoming traffic. Yeah, I'm hoping that the reason I, I, I never got a ticket for it, probably because they assumed I was jump-starting someone else's car. <laughs> but but um, <laughs> no, no, I just kind of missed the memo there. But it kind of sounds like I'm an idiot. But I wasn't an idiot. I just but, you, but that's just it. You were, it you did, no, Hannah, I that's was just it. kind you of. Did, you just didn't know. <laughs> yeah. And we were, Okay, so we were talking about the other day where the, the significance of having somebody simply show you, and it takes all of five minutes. There was a lady who uh, our kids were the same age, and we would go over to her house from time to time, and she had a bunch of little kids, and she had uh, some older kids. I think she had four kids, mm-hmm. and her oldest was like eight, and he was a terror, and he was just that kid who would, wouldn't wash his hands ever and would smear smear peanut butter and jelly on the couch as he walked by, but not aware. Just He was just that kid, kind of a messy kid. And we're in the house, and her couch and her furniture and basically her whole house was spotless. Like, she had just bought it, and we're like, wow, this is a nice couch. How old is it? And she's like, I was like eight years old. And like, I was just like, what? What? How, how? You have little kids like I do. My couch is disgusting. How? How is that possible? <laughs> and she's like, oh, oh, no. It gets disgusting all the time. I just rent a... Such and such tool, uh, what, was, what did she call it? A steam cleaner. cleaner. And I steam clean it. And it looks like this. And we're like, wait, what? 
Yeah. It what is brand, this magic voodoo of which you speak? It, it looked brand new. It really did. It looked amazing. But we never... She moved right she, after that because I was like, you have to show me this thing. And she never showed us. And so we went and we rented what we thought was the right machine at the store and it did nothing. And we're like, dang it. What was her secret? And if she had just spent five minutes showing us, we could have been like, oh, that's how she does it. But because we never got that knowledge, we never. she never showed us. We don't know. Yeah, whatever it, she did, I'm I'm actually trying to get a hold of her on Facebook right now. That's why this is on our minds. I'm like, okay, but there's got to be an easier way to clean, so much, our, clean rugs than what I do. But so. there's so much power in just taking five minutes to show somebody this is how you do it, and it's like, oh, that's it, that's it. <laughs> so, okay, so having said that, let's kind of go back through our. List. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to go back through the list of those things. And chances are you probably agree with, with some or uh, maybe most or all of the things on our list. Or maybe and, we're totally batty. Yeah. And we wanted to talk about how you can use money pants to help you accomplish this. This is a, it's a long list and that's a lot to do. And it can maybe seem overwhelming, but... If you're using money pants, we're going to give you ideas of how you can accomplish these things using money pants, or if not money pants, maybe some throw some other ideas out there. Well, that, that's just it, Hannah. You have, parents have their kids for a limited time. And yes, your job is to enjoy them, but also your job is to prepare them. And this is... This list is a really good thing to do with your kids. It's yeah, this actually, is a practical how to prepare, like things to prepare. But it's also, this, this would be a great podcast to listen to with your kids, to give them ideas and get their feedback. Because some of these things, you know, they may get really excited. I'm like, oh, I want to do that. You know, other things would be like, yeah, mom and dad, I don't know that. I'm terrified about that. Will you help me? Yeah. And so, and some of these things, maybe they haven't even considered because how would you know? As a kid, you don't know. Well, yeah, because for example, if I had heard this list when I was a teenager, I'd be like, yeah, I don't know how to work the washing machine. I don't know how to do my laundry. I, I do want help learning that. So if you have like teenagers at home or young teens at home, have them listen to this or, you know, go through this list and maybe we'll do a blog on it. They can highlight the things that, hey, mom and dad, I would, I don't know these things. Let's come up with a plan to learn them. Anyway, but today we're just going to go through and throw out some ideas of how you can use money pants to help prepare your kids to leave home. All right. Well, let's start with number one. And I said this was in no particular order, but number one actually is the most, in our opinion, the most important because without work and it's work ethic. And we claim that, you know, without work ethic, nothing else really matters because it doesn't matter how talented you are, how many skills you have. If you don't know how to use them and do it consistently and, and have that work ethic, it won't do you a darn bit of good. So that's the number one thing on our list is work ethic. And well, if you're doing money pants, that's one of the byproducts. That's, that's one of our claims is that if you use the system the way it's intended, and implement money pants and have your kids earn some of the things that you're used to give them for free and give them their own financial responsibilities for those items, they will learn work ethic. It, it's a byproduct of using the money pants system. And it's, that's what we hope for. And that's the whole reason we made this program is to, to give our kids that ultimate edge of work ethic. <clears throat> because once they have that, a lot of these other things just kind of fall into place. And if they have work ethic, they'll be able to do the rest of the things on the list and be really prepared for 
and actually uh, maybe even maybe even have that much more of an advantage over their peers because they're so much more prepared for the for the real world when they finally leave home, whether it's at 18 or 20 or even 26 for whatever reason, you know, when they finally leave home and to start their own lives, they'll be ready and they won't be overwhelmed. And that, boy, that's a that's a haunting feeling, Hannah, leaving home and being like, what am I doing? I, I don't know anything. Because you think you're all excited to leave home. Because I remember leaving home and I was all excited about it. But I realized, wait a minute, I, I now granted, I'm a little more independent than most, but um, I, that's a haunting feeling, realizing that you're unprepared. Okay. Uh, number two is money management. And this covers credit cards, balancing a checkbook, how to budget safe, how to pay bills, all money matters. And right. the thing is, is when you send your kids off to college, a lot of huge financial mistakes happen at that point. Right. And so you really, um, that's when the credit card companies send credit cards to, it's actually kind of predatory behavior from the credit card companies because they know 18-year-olds typically don't know anything, but their parents will bail them out. But the thing that we would recommend there is uh, Dave Ramsey has a course for teenagers to actually prepare them just for that. Yeah, and so... And uh, he's a a source, uh, he has a a whole course, and he's a fantastic source. So use that, maybe set up a goal on Money Pants to get through that, Mm -hmm. and then set up a reward for if they finish this Dave Ramsey course. Make it their weekly habit for, what, 12 weeks or whatever it is? Yeah, and then... um, And if they go... And the neat thing is, is if you attach mastery points to those... Um, then you can get like some sort of big reward at the end, at the yeah. end, which is is cool. And so, and then as far as like budgeting and saving, just uh, do doing money pants each year where they have to create a budget and they go through that whole process of creating a budget. It, it makes it so it's like second nature to them. And so we've noticed that as we've started sending kids out out of the house uh, and off onto their own. This is not a problem for them at all. They they totally understand this and are able to handle their own budgets yeah. with no problem. And then even well, our because daughter, they've been doing it forever. Yeah, and our daughter Trixie, she's a senior this year. And she took a business. She was taking a business class, and they were learning about budgets and and things like that. And she said all the kids in her class, she was like, oh yeah, duh, that's how a budget is. And but all the kids in her class were like all wide eyed and like, oh, really? What what is this? And and, and what, what is that for? Yeah. And and we're just it was all brand new to them. And that's a lot of, you know, if you're leaving home, not under not having ever used a budget and you've just barely heard about a budget and all of a sudden you're supposed to manage money. <laughs> And your how overwhelming, how terrifying. Yeah, like, so, it's just, wow. So if you use money pants year after year, it's your kids are like, oh, a budget. I've been handling a budget my whole life. Right. So it's no problem for them. So between Dave Ramsey and using the, the budgeting program money pants. on money pants, yeah. your kids... We, we, call be, it a, we call it the spending plan. Your kids will be way far ahead. But also, because they have these things that they're saving for and they're making these spending plans... They'll understand the concept of paying bills and how to save up money for a particular bill in the future. And yeah. So if they're having to pay an electric bill or something like that, well, if they've been doing money pants and it. been paying for their music lessons that come up every month uh-huh. or dance lessons each month, they'll understand how to pay bills because they've been doing it on a smaller scale 
by themselves. So it's just, it's not going to be overwhelming. It'll be second nature. They'll be fine. The next thing is you want your kids to understand the principles of shopping. So this is number number three, the number three skill. Not only shopping for um, clothing, but shopping for what school to go to, shopping for... Well, okay, so that's just it. We, we, we say shopping, and you're like, oh, clothes. But no, shopping is one of those things that the principles apply across the board, whether it's a, it's a relationship, and you're shopping mm-hmm. for a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Yeah. Or, you know, of course, you're shopping for a school to go to, or a graduate school, or a graduate program, or a trade school, like shopping around, or whether you're shopping for maybe a, um, a house clothes or a car or maybe you're shopping for a job like these are all uh, correct these are principles of kind of doing your homework and and trying to figure out like what the best bang for your buck what what's the most effective use of your money and your time and anyway it's it's cool it's really cool to watch the kids if you use money pants and have the kids uh, have your kids and all your family members for that matter if they all stick to their spending plans and they're going to learn Oh, I have these. I have this amount of money, and I have these required things that I need. How can I get the most bang for my buck? Right within these limits. Yeah. And then we talk about uh, directed spending too. Is well, that here? Um, well, it, yeah, but they they end up doing more research and right. uh, you know not just settling for the first thing that they see and mm-hmm. you know asking and and getting input from other people and. Anyway, they they end up putting more work into it and understanding. Hey, this is this is how you shop. This is how you go about things. So you don't. I mean, I I I told the story about how I my my dad said, hey, you need to bar, buy your own car insurance. And so I said, well, what car insurance do you have? And they just said, you know, what their car insurance was. Mm. It was State Farm. And I called them up. And at that time, that was not a good deal. For someone my age, they they did not have a, a, a good deal. I don't know what they have now, but at that time it was really expensive. It was probably the most expensive insurance I could have bought, and I ended up blowing all my money on car insurance. And in a very short period yeah, of time. Yeah, but I, but it didn't even occur to me to call around to the and get quotes from other insurance companies because I had never done it. I didn't know how to shop. But that's just it. If someone had just, going back to this idea of if someone had spent five minutes and demonstrated to you how to do it. Yeah, you call and you ask and you ask, you collect them all up. And then you and compare. then you compare, then you make your decision. Yep. I didn't know that. That, but... that is such a great skill to have. Every kid, when they leave home, should have that skill. How yeah. to shop. So um, the idea is to give your kids the chance to practice on a smaller scale. So if you use money pants where they're having to buy some of a, some of their own things, mm-hmm. like their own clothes and things like that. Or their own sporting equipment yeah, or their own not, classes. That, that's not as overwhelming. It's a nice small... It's And the mistakes, if they make mistakes, no, no, no. they won't. When they, when make. they make mistakes, they're going to be small mistakes. Yeah. And they'll learn from those. So when it comes to buying a house, they're not going to be, it's yeah. not going to be their first time they've ever done shopping. You right. know, it's not going to be their first time. Oh, oh, you know, I, or, or it's you so, know. No, it's so much better for them to make a $10 mistake when they're young versus a $100,000 mistake when they're older. Like get the mistakes, learn from the mistakes, get, get those out of your system when you're young and learn yeah. the lessons when you're young and under the tutelage of mom and dad 
so that you don't make those mistakes when you're older and the stakes are so much higher. Yeah. Anyway, so so a lot of this will naturally happen if you use money pants. Right. Um, and they'll develop those skills naturally. The next one, number four, I think is a logical extension of the whole money thing is how to pay taxes and, and how taxes work. And that's usually a shocker. <laughs> My son uh, recently left home and he is paying for his own car registration. And he is shocked at how much it is in taxes and how much he pays for in taxes and fees. And he's like, is this normal? And I'm like, yes, it is. This, this, is, this is a normal thing. And he didn't realize how, and we've tried to prepare our kids, but somehow that one, this is, this is our son who really understands money. And he was shocked at how much the, the taxes, because we talked to him about taxes. He understands taxes, he, but until I guess maybe the real world kicks in and he, he's, and then uh, uh, my, my daughter who worked for McDonald's, she was complaining well, no, was to it me. Like a, the registration, like a thousand dollars, like a thousand bucks to the title, the transfer of title, and and the registration and all that was like a thousand dollars. It's like, I'm sorry, man. That's just how it is. But then my my other daughter who was working fast food, she's like, Hey, Dad, they took all this money out. Do I get that back? I'm like, No, my dear, that's taxes. You don't get that money she back. She was so mad. <laughs> she was. She was really upset. But I can't think of a better way to teach kids about taxes than to let them have a job during the summer where somebody takes taxes out of their paycheck. Yeah, and they, go, and that, and they prepare, feel, and that prepares them to vote, too. Right. I think they should have to have a job before they're allowed to vote. <laughs> Agreed. But, but that leads... And, and so then they kind of get a taste of, of what personal taxes are, but also income taxes. Just this whole world of, of taxation. And, and how it works. But then on the flip side is when they do have money, and we talked about save, uh, you know, the third thing we talked about was, you know, save, shop, and spend. Well, the fifth thing we want to talk about is, you know, you need to give your kids at least the very basics of how to invest and, and how to start an investment account and even what that is. Not that you're getting them to start investing. Or how to but, not invest. But how, how to invest, maybe put it this way, how to invest in your future. Yeah. How to save for the future. Well, whether um, it's investing in some form, you know, wherever you put your money, Hannah, it's an investment, whether it's in the bank or it's in CDs or it's in stock or if it's in bonds or under the mattress, you need to give your kids options and kind of introduce them to that idea of saving for the future. GameStop just, you know, went through that whole thing, you know, as far as like actual investing. Uh And there was some article in the Wall Street Journal. I didn't read the whole thing, but the first opening paragraph of it was uh, uh, some young guy who borrowed thousands and thousands. 20 grand, right? Yeah, 20 grand, I believe, and invested it into GameStop and then lost it all. Whoops. And it's like, you, you know understanding that hey you never spent money on something like that that you you can't afford to lose and also it was borrowed money never borrow money to invest money it's just um no i'm not an investor i don't understand investing i i have very limited experience very young people make those mistakes right and Uh, so it's good for them to have a taste and an idea of what investing is like just so they know because they should know that and which, well, that actually is leads into the next one, which was dealing with failure. And we talked about that briefly, you know, when they're going to make mistakes. And 
uh, the, the the former Stanford dean, she had a great commentary on this, and she 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 wrote this, and I'll just quote her. She says, "An 18 year old who leaves home must be able to cope with the ups and downs, courses and workloads, college level work, competition, tough teachers, bosses, and others, because." The problem is we step in when things get hard. We finish the task, we extend the deadline, and we talk to the adults in charge. Thus, the kids don't know that in the normal course of life, things won't always go their way and that they'll be okay regardless. Where there's this missing component now of allowing kids to fail. Yeah, everybody's a winner. Everybody gets a trophy. Everybody... Everybody wears their five-point harness in the car. Yeah. <laughs> where, where, and bubble wrap and a mouth guard. And it's like, wait, wait a minute. We've, we've insulated our kids too much uh, well, from consequences. Well, there's a lot of rescuing. And there's helicopter. Of, yep. Yeah, there's a lot of rescuing. And so, like with money pants, where uh, we say, hey, you need to set things up. And in a loving way, just say, okay, hey, tell you what, on Friday... If you've gone all week without a fee, you get to watch a TV show on Friday mm-hmm. night. And, mm-hmm. and anybody who doesn't have any fees can do this come Friday night. Oh, but mom, you know, I, you know, and, and one person has to go go to bed early. Oh, that's and, so devastating. And it's so devastating. But the thing is, is that's not a big deal. And they have a new chance the next week. Right. And, and they, they develop that resilience and that. And that, that determination. Yeah, yep. they, they accept that. Oh, no, that's well, what I, that was my choice. That's what I did. But I'll have another chance next week. But they also know that their fate is in their own hands. It, and that they do have a chance next week. And they can do it. And they there's develop. There's always an, a, a new start. They can always pick themselves up and, and try again the next week. Or if they buy something they think is so great. Because we all have been there where you you've, you have your heart set on something. You buy it and you get it. And it's not what you hoped. Oh, yeah. Falcon, just last week, he was so excited. He went to uh, like Hobby Lobby and he bought us a huge styrofoam air, airplane. Because he's all into the aeronautics right now and designing <laughs> airplanes and, and to test flight and flight school and all this stuff. And he's just really into that. And he got he got this really cool, it's like a five-foot wingspan, yeah. like this this big styrofoam plane. Yeah, and it it was not well made and it broke very quickly, but because he tried to repair it, I was like, oh, you know, you can't you can't take it back. <laughs> and you've you've made modifications mod- to it. it. Yeah. You can't take it back now. And, and despite um, his modifications it still wasn't a very good plane. I said, but next time, you know, you actually make airplanes that are better than this. And 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 so he realized that wait a minute, looking at the quality is important when I'm I'm buying something. So and he learned a shopping principle, but he also learned about a, a mistake or a fa- basically yeah. a failure. But what was great about it is after he re- he was really disappointed, he couldn't take it back and get his money back. So then he went and he like made more modifications until it was a sturdy, sturdy plane. But the, here's the uh, thing is but, traditional uh, or, or, or current trends a parent would have intervened. Would have taken it back or... Made or a big stink at the store. Made a big stink at the store or paid the kid, tw- you know, seven more dollars and saying, hey, I'm so sorry your plane broke. Here's seven more dollars. Yeah, go buy something Go better. buy something yeah. else. Or- no, we're not about rescuing our children from their decisions. We actually need to. It's healthy to let your kids fail. Boy, that sounds awful. That sounds like I'm the worst dad ever, but it is so healthy for kids to learn to pick themselves up when they make mistakes. That resilience, 
And again, back to this, what this dean had to say, where kids need to learn to be able to cope with the ups and downs because it's not going to get easier. Yeah, you see some kids where, oh, they break up with their boyfriend or girlfriend and they're they're ready to die over yeah, something like world. that. Like, you're like, uh, calm down. It's not. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> Life really... goes on. Yep. So. Which leads into number seven in, in a way because we want to give our kids the opportunity to make mistakes, but also we want to help them recognize when someone is going to try to take advantage of them. And so we put down here, recognizing scams and Ponzi schemes and or in this case or, or as you mentioned credit card offers like things that are too good to be true to kind of and I don't know how to describe this other than to give them a sense of common sense before they leave home you want them to be somewhat aware that there is a world out there that could potentially take advantage of them yeah so we want we want our kids to at the very least have a little bit of common sense, but also a, a, a ear to the ground, a, a nose for when it smells too good to be true, to go, wait a minute, and to do their research and to do their shopping. So I yeah. guess it's, it's kind of, it's all yeah, kind of related. what credible sources are and stuff. And also understanding that you work for what you get. Right. And, but don't let people who don't work, like, take advantage of you if exactly. you do work. Which leads into number eight, which speaking of work, we want our kids to know how to apply for a job. How, what are the steps? Like, how do you dress? How do you act? What do you, like, how do you handle yourself during an interview? Where it, I was at, when I was 16, I got a job at Burger King. And there were four of us all applying for the job. And I was shocked. I thought, for some reason, uh, I had people who helped me out and prepared me. And they're like, oh, yeah, you, you do your hair, dress nicely, go in. And I think I even had a tie on. But at the very least, I had a shirt, a clean shirt with a collar and my pants and my shoes and my hair was done and I looked good. And I showed up for this interview. I was the fourth one. The previous three, I watched as they went in and they had they had the long hair. One dude had a, a tattered t-shirt on. Another guy smelled bad. And I was I was shocked because I'm like, oh, I, is that how you're supposed to show up for an interview? I didn't know. This was my first like real job interview. All the other jobs I'd had up to that point were either given to me or people I knew. This was my first real job interview. And I get in there and I sit down and we talk for like five minutes. I don't even remember any of the questions. And the guy says, you're hired. You're such a breath, a breath of fresh air compared to the other guys I interviewed. And I was like, what? Mm. And I, I was shocked. <laughs> but at the same time, I, I, I guess that was just how... Because I had somebody kind of clue me in of this is how you prepare for an interview, I got the job. Yeah, and the way that Money Pants will help with that is as your kids get older, the pay for Money Pants does not change, but maybe some of their needs do. Like maybe they have earned a car and they need to put gas in it or something like that. So maybe they they have more expenses and uh, coming along or they want to save for 
save for some of these things. But chances are, if you're using money pants, your kids will want a job mm-hmm. outside the home as soon as they can get one. And Yeah, because they um, realize money pants doesn't pay enough. Yeah. And so they'll naturally have to learn these skills before they leave home. So, so when they leave home, they'll have a little bit of a resume as well. They won't be like... Right. Because it's so... Um, I, I had never had... I had cleaned houses for people, but I had never done like a job interview Mm -hmm. and had like a real job. And when I was in college, it was a real blow to my confidence that I had never done that before. Where I'm like, how do you get a job? (laughs) And that sounded really stupid because everybody else was like had had jobs before and kind of knew what it was all about. Well, supposedly. Yeah, but even so, so, I, I admired the people who had where they they were more grown up, they knew more, they were more, so much more confident. But the nice thing about money pants is that they'll be motivated to get that job before they leave home. And so then when they're in college and maybe they really desperately need a job, they'll probably be able to get a better job than the people who are stepping in and this is their very first job. They have no resume or work history. You have an advantage. Yeah, your kids will have an advantage, just that little bit of an advantage when they need it. And going back to something we were saying a couple minutes ago about how to recognize a Ponzi scheme or whether or not a credit card's a good deal or or whether this business opportunity is a good deal and how, how we wanted to kind of give our kids that that edge or that that skill. Well, that's number 9 is how to do research. We want our kids to be able to by the time they leave home, they know how to research stuff. And this kind of goes back to the whole shopping principle where but research is more like how to get how to get a background on somebody or how to get product reviews, or how to get uh, the statistics on a certain product, maybe the crash reports or the, the safety reports for a certain car yeah. or a certain product. So they're not gullible. Or Ah, gullible. To help our kids enter into the real world not being gullible. That, yeah. that may be the and, best way to put and it. And I feel like I'm speaking from sad experience, really. But I, I'm, I'm pretty sure my kids are going to be better off. I think our kids are going to be way better off than we were. Way better now. off than I was. So. so, But also, you know, research could also apply to scholastic things like, you know, how to use Google Scholar or how to look things up on, on the internet and how to, pr- how to parse truth from fiction. Like, oh, I read it on Facebook, therefore it must be um, true. Actually, versus um, I, yeah, that actually goes to, I don't know what number it was, where you said uh, read, write, and communicate. Right. Our suggestion there that we found is the best way that's to go 20, about that. That's number 26. Is to actually have your kids, encourage your kids to participate in speech and debate programs. Right. But speech and debate also teaches them to look things up. Yeah, so a lot of these kind of overlap. Yeah, sure. And to make sure they're getting credible sources. Right. And so that's another advantage of that, where it's a very practical skill. Mm -hmm. And so I found that I didn't know what speech and debate programs were, but for teaching kids how to research, how to communicate and persuade others, how to write and how to read and comprehend, nothing has been better than speech and debate. Yep. And it's the most impressive thing that I have I have seen. <laughs> and we'll, um, we'll talk about more so, about that in a minute. So, but but that's a, a good way to teach your kids how to to research yes. and identify what's true and question whether something is true. On to number ten, the number ten thing your kids should learn before they leave home is how to do their own laundry. 
And <laughs> this may seem like, well, duh, but how many kids leave home not knowing how to do their own laundry? I had a friend in college who did not know how the dryer worked and accidentally shrunk all of his underwear. So, he <laughs> so it looked like he had a bikini. It was, <laughs> it was comical, but sad because he had all this underwear that basically got ruined because he left it in the dryer too long and didn't, didn't know how to, didn't know how to do the laundry properly. So that's another skill, just basic skill. And we yeah. even have, we even, I ruined all your laundry right after we got married. No. Remember your favorite yes. shirt? Yes, yeah, I do. I do. I was going to let you off the hook. Oh, okay. Well, I appreciate that. But yeah, so obviously uh, you would learn laundry with money pants. And you can either make that somebody's job to do everybody in the family's laundry, mm -hmm. or you can put everybody just in charge of their own laundry. But they need to do it. So they can... And we have we have the the, tra uh, the training videos that we did where it shows, here are the steps. Yeah. How, when to use hot water, when to use cold water, what, what detergent to use, what detergent not to use. Yeah. And you how might be like, oh, I don't want my kids doing the laundry. Yes, they're gonna, you do. They're going to mess up their clothes. Let me tell you, out of sad experience, it is much better to mess up your clothes now than when you are a newlywed and have no money to replace those clothes. Right. Okay. I promise you, promise you, promise. Promise you, it's so much better for them to goof up right now. Number eleven is your kids should know how to cook. The, the very least, understand the basics of cooking. And I'm not talking microwave. I'm talking like actually how to uh, brown some ground beef, or how to uh, make, make a, a simple soup, how or to how to turn cook. on a gas stove. Oh. Yeah, or how, how to cook how to cook bread. Like how to use knives. I'm not talking about how to pour a bowl of cereal. Yeah. I'm talking about like basic cooking things. I'm not talking I'm not talking Gordon Ramsay if you have well, a five course meal. You know, I'm talking even but, so how to plan a meal so that it includes the five food groups. Right. So you're you know, they're getting nutrition. Mm -hmm. And uh, but yeah, how to actually cook things like rice or noodles and and if you don't know that, you are at a serious disadvantage once you leave home because you have to rely on either your roommates or on pre fast food pre or foods that are nasty pre-made they're expensive expensive food so yeah. knowing how to cook gives you a lot of freedom and uh, better nutrition now i will say this i knew basics of cooking but the recipes i knew were awful <laughs> hannah remember i cooked them for you and you're like oh wow that's because you spam you... with beans it was really bad honey <laughs> it was nasty <laughs> Tater tot casserole. You're like I love this. It's you put in a can of pineapple, some cut up spam, and some beans. Mm. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Was, in hindsight, Hannah, like, it was disgusting. Delicious. It was disgusting. But here's the thing: I knew uh, how to do it, and uh, I had that confidence of I could feed myself, and it didn't cost a lot of money, and it was. It's like a homeless dish. Yes, it yes, really was. Were, it really I'm was. So sorry. All right. So num uh, number 12, every one of our children should know how to run the home. Uh, just basic running the home. Yeah, and with money pants, as long as, you know, every year you're assigning out chores to people and, you know, slowly rotating through all the chores, they're going to be fine by the time they leave right. home. You won't even have to think about this. This won't even be Yeah, because they'll a, know how to clean a, the bathrooms. Anxiety. They'll know how to do the laundry. They'll know how to do the dishes. They'll, they'll know how to sweep and mop. You know, and, and, well, and as they're assigned different jobs, they'll learn things like, for example, they're cleaning the bathroom. You'll teach them, hey, 
don't mix bleach with ammonia. You don't mix, mix your cleaning supplies. Mm. You'll kill yourself if you do that or right. somebody else, you know. And so so they'll, they'll learn the basic skills as they're going. The other thing is uh, with money pants, there's the mastery. Where do you find the mastery? Under reports. Uh, so if you go, you go, to go an, under reports. An individual, that's the first thing. So you go to a user's page and then on the right, there's the reports. It's the first report. It's called mastery. It's called mastery. And so when you're assigning out jobs and deciding, you know, at the beginning of the year, who should do what job, you can go there. And and this is particularly helpful for your kids as they're getting older. You click on the mastery and it will tell you what jobs your kid has already done. Right. And how many times they've, well... Done it and how consistently. well? Yeah. yeah. So, so you. Well, no, can... no. Let me back up. The way mastery points work is you only get a, one mastery point for every week you go that goes by that you didn't miss a day. Yeah. So you actually had to have done the job every day for a week, and then you get one mastery point. Yeah. And so you can glance at that and go, "Oh my goodness, you've never mopped a floor." Or oh, or at you the never, very least, you've never you never had a, yeah. the job of dishes. Yeah. Wait, you know, it's or a great tracking. Tool. You've never cooked meals before. Mm-hmm. You know, you've never had the job of can... preparing meals. And you can see at a glance what the gaps are in their domestic education. Like, what what are they missing? Yeah. Or like, oh wow, you've never. How did you get away from never doing the bathrooms? Or why didn't you ever do the dishes? Or how do you not know how, how to? How did you never have a rotation doing cooking? Right. Preparing the meals, and so so they'll they'll naturally learn all those things. If if every year you just keep doing that, they'll be more than prepared yep. by the time they leave home. They'll they'll be able. They'll be like. It'll be so easy for them to run a home. And they'll also learn along the way how to plunge a toilet and turn off the water if it's overflowing. <laughs> hey, funny story about that. My poor mom, you know, when you have toddlers and you're from a big family, so they're always toddlers, the toilets get clogged a lot. and Because they like putting G.I. Joe down there yeah, or blocks or down there. Or the entire roll of toilet paper down there. And so... Or who knows what? I, yeah, we're not really sure sometimes. So <laughs> I don't want to know. Yeah, actually you do. Last uh, time we threw away a toilet, you had to crack it open and find out what was in there. It was one of, your, one of those <laughs> nice butter knives. Yes. I asked if you wanted to use it. You just it. said you didn't want to know. You did want to know. I did want to know. Because it was driving <laughs> anyway, me crazy. Anyway, uh, we could you, just leave it on the side of the I road. I asked if you wanted to keep using it oh the butter knife no yeah. no <laughs> i thought you meant the toilet um anyway but after you've been in the toilet for six months oh no. gosh my poor mom so you'd hear the cry of the toilet's overflowing and my mom would do the closest thing she would ever do to swearing she never swore but well i once heard her say the d word i will say that anyway but <laughs> <laughs> but the closest to my mom ever got to swearing was when she'd hear those words, the toilet's overflowing, and the toilet would be overflowing. It's oh. coming out of the bathroom and onto the carpet. Oh. And my mom was like, ah! And she'd grab the plunger and start plunging like a mad woman. Plunge, 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 you stupid toilet. Anyway, so this went on for years and years. And so after I got married, I did the same thing. The toilet's overflowing. I did exactly what I'd seen my mom do for years. And my husband said, why don't you just turn the toilet off? (laughs) Did you know that? You just reach down there and turn the little knob and the water stops flowing. (laughs) Anyway, it's just one of those things where if nobody ever told you that that's what that little knob behind the toilet does, you wouldn't know. And That's the thing. Most of these things that we're talking about take all of 
a couple of minutes. Yeah, like these to aren't. Demonstrate. Yeah, yeah. These aren't. These aren't big <laughs> things, but for some reason, kids leave home. And they're like, "Wait, I never learned that." Yeah, if you don't know it, you don't know it. But so. if you, if you have the rotation going on and the money and using money pants and, and just paying attention, everyone will get this opportunity, and it'll it'll all kind of happen naturally, which yeah. is cool. <laughs> Number thirteen. Every kid should learn to clean up after themselves. Yeah. Where and this is kind of a funny one because. I've, I've noticed that this is a problem. Well, no. If, if you don't believe this is a problem, I'll give, you, I'll give you a quick example. Go to any public restroom. Oh, right. Where for some reason, we have lost the art of simply cleaning up after ourselves. If we make a mess, we clean it up. If we, if we spill something, we wipe it up. If we track mud in the house, we, 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 we clean up. Like some, For some reason, we've lost that in our society in general. And I think it's because it's not being taught. You know what's funny is he once told, like somebody once said a quote about, you know, what you do when nobody else is looking is like who you really are, that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. And and taking responsibility is what makes you into an adult. Mm -hmm. And ever since I heard that, now when I go in the bathroom and it's a mess because people aren't cleaning up after themselves, for my own sake, I pick up and clean it up. And I I feel like such a grown up. So, well, the, the so trick though, try it out. You'll feel that way too. The trick though um, is with little kids though. How do you um, teach that? Because yeah, so I kind of goofed with this, like with my first, you know, when I started out as a mom, I would pick up after my kids, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't really teach them to clean after themselves. I but lot, I, I, would, I think a lot of moms make I this would mistake, teach though. them to clean up. Like, hey, it's job time. Let's clean up. But I really didn't do a good job teaching them to clean up as they go. Right. And I really messed up on that. And I, I, if I could go back in time, I would have started doing that from the get-go. I didn't learn that, Hannah, until I was 19 years old. And I read a book. And I believe the guy's name was Richard Astle. And he wrote a book... I'm sure I'm butchering it, but it was something like mm-hmm. he, he was this cleaning expert. Mm-hmm. And I read his book and it was a quirky book. And one of the principles he talked about was clean as you go because it takes milliseconds. It's like really easy just to clean as you go. And I was like, oh, yeah, huh. And it just resonated with me. I'm like, and it made sense to you. But nobody ever taught me that. And here's the right. problem when teaching little kids, you it's hard to teach little kids that because. The only way to do it is to catch them in the act. Yeah. And I think part of the problem is because I didn't do that myself. I I didn't clean up as I went. I would just like set things here, set things there. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't just take the extra two seconds to put it away or mm-hmm. to shut the cabinet or whatever. And so it wasn't something I really understood or practiced. So right. I wasn't teaching it to my kids. Right. And so... Here was a bad habit I had, and so then it like multiplied. And so uh, taking that extra time to tell your kids, nope, before you go before you go play, you need to clear your place from the table right. and rinse it out. Nope, before you do this next activity, you need to put those toys away. Right. And it, you know, it. The reason why is because otherwise you have four kids, and all of a sudden your house turns into a holy disaster. You know, within. An hour of people being awake. Yeah. And so I... Because they just you know, go from mess to mess. Yeah. And so because that wasn't... Anyway, 
I, I goofed up on that. And so I'm trying to make up for it, but I feel a little overwhelmed with that because I it took me longer to well, what, figure it out for myself. And what's the alternative is if we don't teach our kids that, mm-hmm. then where's the world going? Like if nobody ever cleaned up after themselves, yeah. that's, that's it, bad. Yeah. And so uh, hopefully, you know, even though I'm starting late, it's better to start now you know, teaching them that now, because maybe they won't run into the same problem I ran into and, you know, learn it at a later date when they're like, ah, I wish I had known this sooner. And the easiest way to do this is when somebody makes a mess or a spill or you catch them cleaning up quick points. Yeah. Quick points work really well. And they'll, they'll actually start doing it and making sure you see it just so they can get quick points. And that's proven to be very effective. All right. So number 14 is personal hygiene. Personal hygiene. And this is great. You can make goals on money pants about this, you know, like uh, once your kids are, you know, old enough to go to the bathroom in the toilet, you can say, okay, flush the toilet. Let's, you know, start there. You know, when they're eight years old or, you know, seven or eight, start giving them points for flossing their teeth. And when they're 12, you know, start giving them points for showering daily. You know, or wearing wearing deodorant, deodorant, (laughs) things like that. And everyone will benefit. Yeah, so you can incorporate that in there. And then there's like American Girl came out with a book, uh, you know, I, I don't know how long ago, 10 years ago or so that was like for girls' personal hygiene. Right. And it covered all sorts of topics. Very about tastefully done. Taking care of their skin, yeah. taking care of their monthly needs, uh, sanitary needs, and and so forth. Anyway, so that's a good book to give to your daughters when they're probably about 11, 10 or 11 right. years old. And again, it's just it could just be a simple thing as a, as a daily habit mm-hmm. for them. Number 15, time management. And this is, again... I, did, I didn't ever learn this, Hannah. And so my this is something I've actually struggled with my whole life, is mm. I never learned proper time management. And I've gotten better as I've gotten older, but to develop good study habits and to maintain balance and also how to say no. Like those, those are <laughs> skills that I, I wish I had had leaving home. But I did not. I did not have that, co- that concept of time management. I, ne- I was never taught. And so I've kind of had to glean. And unfortunately, the habits of time management are harder and harder to change the older you get. And so it's critical that when the kids are in the home, that's when you teach them these skills of how to maintain balance and how to how to use their time appropriately. And, and I like how we put in there how to say no. Yeah. Where well, <laughs> when I was in when I was in college, I I would say yes to everything, mm-hmm. and so I ended up like that's why we only... got married. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do you want fifteen um, children? Yes. <laughs> yes. Anyway, I had a Great. hard time. I wanted people to like me. I wanted to get mm-hmm. along with people, and so I would say yes to everything. And I was saying yes to too many things. And so I was doing it at the expense of sleep and at the expense of any sort of balance. You were overcommitted. In my, yeah, any sort of balance in my life. But I would like go to like ridiculous ends to make sure I, I met the, you know, these little favors to other people. Well, I finally, you know, started having a hard time and ended up going to counseling. And the counselor's like, you need to learn to say no to people. And so you need to try this out. So I started trying it out. And what I realized 
very quickly. And I wasn't good at saying no. I didn't, I had never practiced saying no. And what I realized was when I said no, first off, it surprised some people because they were used to me saying yes to any, everything. But what I realized was that the people who were asking me to do things, they knew I would do it and they knew I would say yes, but they were just using me. They, they, I thought I was making friends and that they liked me, but instead I realized that they were just a lot of times using me and they had zero respect for me. And it didn't, it didn't become evident until I began saying no. And what a powerful tool and what a powerful skill to have. I had a faculty professor say to me, what happened to the Hannah who curtsies and smiles and says yes and does whatever we want? Yep. And I was like, she grew up. That's how you think of me. Yeah. Holy cow. No. (laughs) Well, no. And then somebody else like asked me to do some crazy thing last minute, some big film project. And I was like, Oh my goodness. And he was in charge of this thing for the whole university. It was supposed to, you know, be this big video that they show to a big audience, blah, blah, blah. And it was two weeks away and they had desperately needed somebody to do this. And I, and I said, well, let me think about it. And I, I had gone to my therapist or whatever and I got it. And I, I said, you know what? I actually don't have time to do this. I need to say no. And so I said, I'm so sorry, but the answer is no. He goes, uh, yeah, I, I actually saved it for the last minute. We'd known about it all year, but nobody did it. So I was just hoping maybe you could do it. And it wasn't, but he made it sound like he was desperate and that they needed me and blah, blah, blah. And it turned out they had just procrastinated and then were trying to just slough it off, on slough you. It off onto yeah. somebody and make themselves look. And I was just like, you... You dirty rat. Wow. <laughs> no is a very good thing to know how to say. It's a, it's a skill, Hannah. So, it's a um, skill. So I wanted my kids to learn to say no. Mm-hmm. And what I found is that when you use directed spending, where you the kids have to make decisions about things, like little things, like how to buy, what they want to buy. Within boundaries. Within boundaries. So like, do you want to buy this shoe, this shoe, this shoe, this shoe, this shoe? And you give them options. And they are like, they okay, learn just to gonna, say I'm, no. I'm going to do a plug here for that video. That is one of my favorite videos we've done to date is the directed spending video. It's on the website. Yeah. Uh, I think it's under support materials. Mm-hmm. And just go go find the directed spending video. It's so good. It is so good. It, it really does a good job of explaining this concept, but demonstrating it. Yeah. And I like it a lot. Yeah. Because it, it's it, true. Yeah. And so where they're doing this shopping and they're learning to 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 pick out what they want, but say no to the things that they don't want. And what I found is that when my kids started dating and things like that, it that ability to say no to things that they don't want or that they're not interested in, mm-hmm. they're very confident in it. I wish I had had confidence to say no to things mm-hmm. that I didn't want, and I, but I didn't. And so, so I, I'm going to give credit to the whole directed spending right. idea because that our kids, no, our kids know how to say no. Yeah, they do. Um, but and that this whole time management thing, I guess it's related because that leads into number sixteen, which is the skill of going to bed. And you may. You may think that that's a funny skill to have, but for a lot of us, that is that is a skill, and it's a it's a challenge. Um, where I remember in college, 
and maybe I'm just going back to my college days, but I think a lot of college students go through this. They stay out too late and they really overdo it and they, they make themselves sick and they can't function in their other classes. And it just, it, it's, a, it's unhealthy for them to stay out so late. And I, I remember being jealous of one of my friends, one of my roommates, who would go to bed at like 10 o'clock. And this is, this is college where everybody stays up till one in the morning. And he would routinely go to bed at 10 o'clock because he knew he had a class the next day and he had to get enough sleep because he had a big, big exam coming up. And I was like, dang it. I wish I had that skill. Well, once again, with money pants, and we actually recommend this, everyone should have as one of their 10 habits, a bedtime. It doesn't mean that everyone has to have the same bedtime, but everyone should have a bedtime <clears throat> that they're working towards. And I've noticed even in recent years, Anna, mobile devices have like built-in bedtime schedules mm -hmm. and, and ways to make sure you go to sleep on time and wake up and, and have the, this regular routine. That's a skill that every kid should have by the time they leave home. Time management coupled with the ability to go to bed and to go to bed on time because going to bed on time makes a world of difference. Yeah, and when, you're, when your kids are little, you, you pick the bedtime for them. Right. But as your kids are like maybe in high school or whatever, you can have more of a discussion of, hey, a healthy amount of sleep is eight hours. Mm -hmm. But you know, if you're growing, you need more sleep. And if you're working out a, like yeah. heavily or doing something yeah. physically strenuous. Or you're, you're dealing with sickness or something, mm -hmm. you need more sleep. Mm -hmm. And so the idea is you want to go to bed early enough that it isn't difficult for you to wake up in the morning when you need to. And so where you wake up and you're like, wow, I'm ready to go. And if you're not feeling that way, then you need to move your, move your bedtime. And so you get them thinking about, okay... All right, if I'm waking up at 6, what time do I need to go to bed? And you back into it. Yeah, and so using that when you're setting the goals and talking about the bedtime goal, discussing, okay, what time do you have to wake up in the morning? How are you going to get enough sleep? What, what and exactly. coming up with strategies? And part of that strategy is probably turning off their phone and having their phone automatically or, or, turn off. Or giving it to mom or dad at a certain time or whatever. Yeah, or, yeah. Or having all the computers shut off or the internet turn off at a certain time. Yeah. That really so, helps. So discussions like that help. So Okay, number 17, every kid should know how to properly dress for the occasion and what their dress and attire should be. And we talk about this in our family where what you wear communicates and, and dictates how other people treat you. The best, the best way to, I, I think, the best introduction to that topic about e using your clothing to communicate is the show What Not to Wear. <laughs> and if you've never seen that show, they, they take women who maybe are, are dressing extreme or dressing frumpy or dressing not their age, and they help them identify kind of the underlying problems mm -hmm. um, as to why they're dressing the way that they are. Right. And they help them dress appropriately and it's, for... It's transformative and, every time. It's so cool to watch. Yeah, but, but they find out what they really are hoping to communicate through their dress. And they find a, a good way, a better way to communicate it. And a, the way to... Well, no, well, the, okay. Of, so, so they find these women and they, they, talk, they talk with them and they kind of... <clears throat> Uh, spend some time with them and they really get down to the, the hosts really kind of drill down into the, the woman's psyche and go, what is it that you're really trying to and hoping to communicate with how you're dressing? And the women 
a lot of times, first of all, they don't know. They're like, oh, I just want to be cute or I want to be whatever. And they, and they don't realize that how they're dressing is not communicating what they're hoping. And so the hosts help these women realize, you, first of all, help them vocalize what it is they're trying to accomplish. But secondly, realize that maybe the way they're going about it isn't effective. And so the hosts go and they kind of guide them through the process of redefining their wardrobe. And it, it's kind of neat to watch because it's, it's, it's psychological, but it's also very practical where the woman actually ends up being better dressed than she was before, but also more confident that she's conveying what she wanted to convey all along simply by the clothes that she wears. And how she holds herself and how she does her make. Oh, and they do a makeover too. What they, they have a makeup artist uh, come in and not a makeup artist. Is she a mm-hmm. makeup artist? Yeah. yeah. Comes in and helps them do their hair and their makeup to communicate what the woman wants to communicate all along, but wasn't doing such a great job at. And it's yeah. it's fun. It, it's, it's, it's cool to watch. So that's a fantastic show for introducing the idea that how you dress communicates mm-hmm. is a way of communicating to others how you want to be seen, how you want to be treated and and whatnot. And then on top of that, there are tons of YouTube videos. And so that that give tips on how to dress attractively and for men or women. So you could set a, a goal. Like if you're like, gosh, I, you know, I want to learn how to shop better. I want to learn how to be more stylish or dress dress better. You could set a goal of, hey, I'm going to spend 30 minutes each week either watching what not to wear or watching a YouTube YouTube videos. You go, on, it's a weekly habit. There you go. Yeah. And, and wow, you improve your ability to dress yourself better. That's huge. So when that goes right into the next one, number 18, hair, how to do hair, where nobody ever taught me how to do hair. And I remember uh, going back and looking at pictures of myself when I was younger and I'm embarrassed. I'm like, why didn't somebody say I look like a dork? Why didn't somebody <laughs> clue me in and say, hey, dude, just a little bit of hair gel right there, man. They make all the difference. Or, you know, you probably shouldn't grow your hair long on the sides. I don't know. Something like that. I, I, why didn't somebody tell me? Oh. And I wish someone had just taken the time. And, it's funny. Yeah. And, the, and hair, the hair, like, it just makes such a big difference in how people see you or perceive you and how you no, come across, like no. whether you're cool or whether you're a nerd or a, yes. an oddball. Or, yes. It's just. Okay. Next time, next time you go out. Pay attention just to people's hair and what it communicates to you. And you're going to be shocked, first of all, at how many people have horrible, horrible, horrible hair. But secondly, you'd be like, wow, that person and the way they did their hair communicates X, Y, and Z to me. Mm -hmm. And then think about how your hair, what that might be communicating to other people. So having, having, and whether, you know, whether it's, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I always had long, gorgeous hair, but the thing is, is I never learned how to really style it very, very well. Back when I was a kid, you were kind of limited to, you know, what resources, if you knew somebody who knew Mm -hmm. how to do hair or if there was something at the public library, but now, now you have YouTube. Right. And YouTube, it's, it's so fun. They have all sorts of hairstyling classes. There's uh, cute girl hairstyles, which will teach you basics like how to, you know, do a braid and, you know, stuff like that, like real basic hairdos. But you have all sorts of, my girls and I like Alex Gabori. 
Uh, her hairstyles are gorgeous, but they're really easy to do on your own hair if you have she's like on long YouTube? hair. Yeah, she's uh, on YouTube. And so what what my girls like to do is they'll make goals on Money Pants saying, hey, watch a YouTube video once a week to learn a new hairstyle and practice it on yourself and somebody else every day. Mm. And that will be their daily habit. Oh, that's great. And so it just, it's nice. Like my daughter Trixie did that for quite a while. And she knows all these hairstyles. And and she would do other girls' hairs too, like a, a, as a favor. And No, girls would come to her and ask yeah, her to do and, their hair. And it, she looks so much, she has this gorgeous hair. But I was like, gosh, if she just wore it down all the time, it would just seem like a big mop. But she instead she does all these elegant hairdos and stuff, and it just it makes her look so much more confident. And the other our other mm. daughters do that as well. well even, they followed suit. Yeah. And what's funny is even um, with these uh, YouTube videos, even very young girls can learn to do hairstyles. So my daughter, one of my daughters, when she was like seven, was doing all these hairstyles and does her own hair she was six okay she She was six years old she styles her own hair better than i could style my hair when i was in college and so it just it really being able to do your own hair is is a skill and Mm -hmm. it's it's it seems like a little skill but you should learn that before you go you know because it you know how to do your hair for work how to do your hair you know when you go to the gym or how to do it for school or on a date but also when kids leave home and they've never had this experience a lot of times they'll get bizarre haircuts or they'll try cutting their hair or doing their own hair so you want to kind of get that out of their system when they're at home and they make again we talk about letting your kids fail Letting them learn some of these things when they're at home. And I know parents are like mortified. Oh my gosh, I'd never let my kids cut their own hair. Yeah, well, you want them doing that when they leave home? Yeah. Then they then they don't get the job or they don't get the relationship, whatever it may be. Um, why not get those out of the system when they're at home? <laughs> so like girls traditionally never ceases to amaze me. They'll go off. They'll be, have this long, beautiful hair. They'll go off to college and they'll cut it off. Oh, Every the time. I... The freshman girls... Always make that mistake. Or guys, they go off to college. <laughs> Next time you see them, they've got a buzz. You know, like, what happened? Oh, well, my buddies and I, we found a pair of clippers and off we went. Where <laughs> it'd be better if they did that and practiced those things while they were at home. Or worse, they just let it grow out oh, into that too. this big nasty. Because they have, don't know how to, like, yeah. don't bother to shampoo it. And oh, yeah. It's so gross. Yeah. So that's a lot of mistakes. <laughs> number 18, how to do hair. <laughs> Good. Number 19. Social skills and etiquette. Boy, is this a good one for, again, because kids model what they see. And this is so critical to learn in the home where you can correct the mistakes, but also kind of teach the things that you would hope your kids would need to survive in modern society, where uh, teaching them to how to talk to people, but also how to recognize and and discern who to talk to and, and when to talk, just have that social grace. Of of talking to people. So, um, well, and I'm going to go back to the what this dean said, uh, on which we base this whole podcast. The this former Stanford dean said, "Oh, well, kids need to learn how to talk to strangers because we teach them, you know, all growing up, don't talk to strangers, and then all of a sudden we send them on their own and they're surrounded by strangers." Yeah, I, I get that that that's kind of a problem, but I think even more important would be how to properly engage in meaningful conversation and how to have those social skills of basic communication with, with others outside the family, outside your, your peer group, 
how to expand your your reach to those around you, whether they're a stranger or not. Yeah, uh, great courses and masterclasses. They have lecturers who, who kind of give tips on things like that. But I also found that as far as like etiquette and manners, like introducing people, saying hello for the first time, answering right. the phone. And so uh, for the next, we have social skills etiquette, then we have dating skills and etiquette, internet and phone etiquette. Udemy, is it Udemy? Udemy. No, <laughs> Udemy.com. I think it's Udemy. Udemy. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know Udemy? how to pronounce it. Like, is it like Academy for U- you? I don't know. Udemy, Udemy more. I don't know uh, how you pronounce it. It's U-D-E-M-Y. Udemy Lovato. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> okay. They offer courses on etiquette in these different areas. That seems to be the best source for etiquette classes that I've found so far. Right. There might be stuff on YouTube, but as far as like teaching young children etiquette, what I found was a lot of the etiquette things that I looked up for kids spent 90% of the time uh, demonstrating what the wrong behavior was. As opposed to focusing on what, because kids need models. Yeah, they need need models. And so when I tried showing it, so when I tried showing it to my kids, they ended up instead picking up on the bad behavior instead of the the right behavior Not instead helpful. of this is how this is what you should be doing this is you know chew with your mouth closed and whatever and this is how to be polite instead they were demonstrating all the bad behaviors and then saying oh you shouldn't do that Not helpful because that's what kids no, that's, we talk that about this monkey help. see, monkey do. Kids yeah, model t- the behavior they focusing see. Focusing on what you don't want them to do yeah. was not not helpful. And so I've had better luck with the Udemy, Udemy. <laughs> Udemy courses. But along those lines, though, Hannah, um, one of the tools that we've used for a long time, oh, for almost two decades now, with our children to help with social skills and etiquette is when we would send our kids out to either um, scouts or church group or youth group or uh, sports teams or anything, we would send our kids with behavior reports and and have their leaders or coaches or teachers sign them. And they would be things like, well, did I arrive on time? Was I prepared? And was I respectful? Those are the three questions. And then we would insist on having the, the, the leader's signature at the bottom. And we would, we would collect those at the end of the week. And whoever had their behavior report signed would either get extra money for you know, they get the mark their their points or they we use them as movie ticket vouchers. Yeah. So so yeah, we'd use it as instead of the no fees, we would use that as the you know. It, Matter of fact, we even had one teacher come to us because uh, when we fell into you know kind of hard times, we weren't able to do this for a, for a while, and he actually came to us and he was like, "Hey, is there any way you could use that again? Because behavior was so much better." when you were using those behavior reports. You remember that? Yeah, I do. So those were real <laughs> those were really effective, a wonderful tool. And I think we have those on our website. You can download and print them out. It's just and we I think we call them movie ticket I, vouchers. I don't think we have that on our website yet. Okay. Well we'll put it on there. Okay. But it's it's very simple. It's just Oh a, yeah, maybe it, when we do the blog it's for a, this. The name the name of the person and the date. And then the three questions did I arrive on time? Yes or no? Was I prepared? Yes or no. And was I respectful? Yes or no. And then a place for the person to sign. 
And it was so effective. And our kids, they'd get so distraught if they ever lost theirs too. They're like, no, because every no that they got would cost them a dollar. Yeah, well, and I I was using that because I was doing charter school where the kids, they're not in regular public school, but I'm high, but we have public school funding. And so I would use that to hire tutors and stuff. And so we would send them to so, the local church to do their writing class. Yeah, but the teachers didn't have like report cards and grades and mm-hmm. stuff as much to motivate the kids. So they needed something yep. to 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 help with that, and some uh, some form of accountability. And that worked really well. Yes, yes. So that leads to number twenty, which is dating skills and etiquette. And this boy, if there was ever a time where this was necessary, th- these are definitely things I want my kids to know before they leave home, where I want my kids to kind of make up their minds what their what the rules are and what their limits are and what what it is that they're going to do and allow and and participate in when they start dating. And when they're at home, that's a much better time for them to come up with these ideas and to make the decisions before they start dating. The time to decide what your standards are is before you're faced with with the decision of what your standards are. In other words, the time to learn to drive the car is before you start driving the car. Where you want your kids to to come up with these these rules and these standards and these basic dating skills before they start dating and come up with their own personal code of conduct. As far as uh, etiquette on a date, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Udemy had courses on that as oh, well right. as I mentioned. So they, a lot of, a lot of cool uh, information on uh, Udemy. Udemy, uh, and then that um, leads right into internet and actually we're gonna stop there. Okay, so this topic is a lot uh, bigger than we can cover in a single podcast. And I kind of figured that because it's a, it's a really big topic. Like all these things that every kid should know before they leave home. So we're, we're going to take a break here and pick this up again in our next podcast. And and we'll talk about ways to implement all these skills in a, in a very simple way. And we've kind of talked about those, but we have some even more, a couple more ideas on really how to, the easiest way to implement all of these ideas And as always, if you like what you hear in this podcast, please tell your friends. They may want to listen too. And if you have a suggestion for a future podcast, go to our website under support and click contact us. Send us an email and we'll get right on it. And that's it for today. Enjoy some of Falcon Jasper's kicking kaleidoscopic karaoke. We'll see you next time.